0: In today's Mishnah, it's from the 11th and final from the third perech, Masechna Nadarim, and then we'll start the fourth Perak. And we'll continue the discussion of interpreting various Nadarim and seeing how they are meant to be understood based on what's considered Lashon B'nai Adam, what's considered the, how people usually use those terms. So Mishnah says, So if someone says he wants to make an editor, that he doesn't want to get any benefit from B'nai Noach, so the term B'nai Noach, doesn't include, it's Mu'tar-Bisrael, doesn't include Jews, however, it's Asur-Bisrael, that term would include all the Mu'talam, nations of the world, in other words, Gentiles. And it continues, if he says, He doesn't want to get any, any benefit from the seed of Abraham, in that situation, it would be Asur-Bisrael, all Jews, and that would even include Gerim. Because Abraham referred to as Abham and Goyim, and again, the term Zeraham would refer in that situation, the way people just use it, would be referred, referred to all Jews. However, Mutar Abot that the Neder would not encompass the Motolam, the nations of the world either. And that's even those that would say the descendants sort of Yishmael. That is because the Pasuk says ki bi The Torah says your Zerah will be called bi meaning from the, one of the descendants of Yitzchak and that is referring to the descendants of Yaakov So the term where people say Zerah Abraham they refer to only Jews Let's continue She'ini ne'le If he doesn't want to get any Hana'ah from Jews Then the Mishnah says if you want to do business with them he has to lokeach bioter when he purchases, he has to overpay, or and if he sells, he has to sell it at a much lower price. If he says, I don't want any Jews to get a benefit from me, then lokeach, when he purchases it, lokeach he would have to pay lower than the price, and mocher, and when he's selling, he would have to sell at an inflated price price. And that's only, as the Mishnah points out, im mimlo, if the other person is willing to uh, go by those conditions, because it will be a significant loss for that other individual. If he makes the neder two ways, then there's no way he can do any business or transactions with Yisraelim, and therefore he'd have to do business with nochrim with non-Jews. Let's continue. If he makes a neder that he doesn't want to get any benefit from, from Arilim. The term aril refers to those who are uncircumcised. What the Mishnah is going to teach us now is that Arilim doesn't actually refer to someone who's had a circumcision, but rather a group of people. So therefore, he'd be more tari- permitted even for the uncircumcised Israel, uncircumcised Jews. And he'd be Asur, really, to Umot Olam, including, as Mishnah says, b'mulei ha-umot, even those in the nation that have had circumcisions. Because the admission going to continue. Explain the term simply refers to non-Jews. If he makes a neder, he doesn't want to get any benefit from "mulim," meaning those that have been circumcised. Again, we understand that this term refers to a group of people rather than people that have actually had a circumcision. Therefore, asul ba'Ari Israel, he'd be asked to get any benefit from Jews, including those that haven't had a circumcision. Or "Mutar or umotiv," their term would not include the nation's world, including those that have had a Brit Milah why cuz Mishnah says that in orla karui el shem goyim. we find even in psukim it says that the term arilim is really referring to the nations to near mosey says ki cholah goyim arilim va kol beisrael arile lev that in the psukim in y- he refers to all goyim as being arilim So again, the term is used to a group of people rather than whether someone's actually had a circumcision. And we likewise see when David and Melech are trying to convince child to let him go and fight Goliath he's saying that this plishti, this arel will have the same fate as the Ari and the dove, the lion and the bear that I fought and uh, overcame. But Omer, and it says another parcel that proves this: benot so plishtim, penta alozna benot This is David lamenting the death of Shaul, and this is "In case the benot plishtim will be happy, and penta benot the daughters of the arielim will triumph." Again, arielim term being used to refer to a group of people. Having mentioned the concept of milah and arielim. The Mishnah elaborates. It says, Rebbe Yezor ben Azaria Omer, sorry, Ma'usa <laughs> ha'orla v'shinit ganu ba' ha'reshaim. That the orla being upset so is gnit is considered, oh, sorry, Ma'asu is disgusting, because that's how the Rashaim are put down, it says, as it's just shenemach, as inferred to the password we've sold previously in the Mishnah, Sadavim Yahu, Kikola goyim arilim. Rebbe now mention the converts. G'dolah hamila, how great is Brit Why The thirteen covenants were formed through Brit Milah. Why is that? Because the term Brit is actually mentioned thirteen times in the parish that lists the commandment to have of Brit Milah. Rabbi Yossi says, G'dolah hamila, how great is Why The Brit Milah is so great that it even overrides Shabbos. As we know, a Brit Milah that's meant to be that if the eighth day coincides with Shabbat, is still performed despite the fact and malachas are being performed when a brick milah is being done. So now other words, it even overrides Shabbos. Rabbi Yishua ben Korcha says, lo tzadik alea That here Rabbi Yishua ben Korcha has greatest milos? We find when Moshe Rabbeinu was being sent as a messenger to go to power to free the Jews from Egypt, we find that on his way, uh, it says, Hashem that Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu was nearly killed. Uh, Rashi there says a snake began to consume him as they checked into, into this malon on the way. And there, why was he punished? Because it says there that he was dealing with his lodging first. He delayed giving a Brit Milah to his son, and that's what put him at a terrible risk. This is despite the fact he was on such an important mission. From this, you can understand how great Brit Mila is. Rabbi Nechemia says, G'dola hamila, How great is Brit Mila? Because he even overrides Nagaim. Meaning, if someone has a mark of Tzorat on their skin, they're not allowed to cut it off. However, if the Tzorat is on the orla itself, because the Pasuk says, because even if it's got a Beheret, even if it's got a mark of Negaim, if you were able to cut it off. Despite the fact that all the mitzvot Abram Binu actually performed, Loni crush he wasn't considered complete until he actually performed Milat. As it says, Go before me and you'll be Tamim. And the Pasuk that follows, it says, Rashi explains, Italechlif and I go before for me with a mitzvah milah, and then you'll be considered complete. Davarachir, we find another matter that says, is why he without if it weren't for the fact of Brit Milah, Lo bara Hashem would not have created the world as it says, Hashem, so is, is the word of Hashem, so is what Hashem said, your If it's not for my covenant of day and night, what's that referred to? That refers to the B'rit Milah, which is a covenant that is Kayam, that exists on a person's body both day and night. Then what? Chukot Shamayim Va'aretz I wouldn't have placed the heavens and earth. I wouldn't have created the world. Let's now learn Mishnah Aleph in the fourth peric. It says, So if someone makes a neder, he doesn't want his friend to get any benefit from him, or he makes a neder, he doesn't want him to get any Food benefit for him, Mishnah says, there's very little difference between the two. The only difference would be what's called drisat el drisat regel. The first is passage, meaning if he says I don't want my friend to get any benefit from him, then his friend wouldn't be able to walk through his uh, khatseh, or his courtyard, in order for the purpose, say, for example, a shortcut. However, if he says I don't want to food benefit from him, then there'd be nothing wrong with his friend taking a shortcut through his property. And the second point is the nefesh. The next is kalim, which is utensils that do not produce food or not used in preparation of food. For example, a drill. In that situation, if the Nedu, I don't want to get any food benefit from him, then there's nothing wrong with lending a drill. However, we're going to qualify that statement in a moment. Mishnah says, If someone says, I don't want my friend to get food benefit from me, then he cannot lend him a nafah, a kvara, a sivra, a sifta, a mill, or tanur, or an oven, because all these things are used in the preparation of food, and that would be considered getting food benefit from him. However, what he can do, he can lend him a chaluk, a tabat, a, a cloak, a ring, a talit, a nezamim, nose ring, anything that isn't used for ochel for, nefesh, that would bring about food benefit. However, if we're dealing with something, for example, let's go back to the example of a drill. If in that location where they are, these things are rented out, Then Mishnah says, even if the Neder was only against getting food benefit, he would still not allow to lend a drill to him. Why? Because he's saving his friend the money he would have to pay to rent such an item. And this money can be used to purchase food and therefore it would be considered a violation of the nedr that he says, I don't want my friend to get food benefit from me. Um, And that's Mishnah today.